verse 1. So this is um, Paul speaking to the church in Rome. And this is what he says, verse 1. You guys find it? Romans 12, 1. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Verse 2. And this is the key verse. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Somebody say transformation. transformation. So if you're taking notes, write transformation. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, this, the word in a, the original Greek, renewing of your mind, is the Greek word metanoia. M-E-T-A-N-O-I-A. Metanoia, which means changing how you think. It's where we take the word repentance from. So, like, to repent of your sins... Actually, the root word is metanoia. It's the same word for renewing of your mind. So, so he's saying, be transformed by repentance or by metanoia or the renewing of your mind. That you may prove, say with me, prove. Say experience. Okay, so let me go a little bit deep on this thing. The word in the original Greek for prove, and you're asking, why are we worried about the original Greek? Because... Uh, this is like the original text and sometimes during translations certain meanings are lost so we sometimes it's always good for you to go back to the original and uh, you actually start getting a, a different perspective or more of a, a, a pure perspective so the word prove is gnoskis g-n-o if you're if you're into greek write this thing down g-n-o-s-k-i-s gnoskis right and the word gnoskis is not only just to prove to check it out to make sure the word gnoskis actually means, uh, it's, 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 it's talking about an experiential uh, encounter where you're, you're it's literally stepping into. So what Paul is saying here is, listen, you need to go through the renewing of your mind so that you can step into or gnoskis or experience what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. All right, so the perfect will of God, or I mean, let's go, will of God, right? So if you're writing this thing down, write will of God. So the will of God has three characteristics there. There's a, there's a, a will of God and, it, and three characteristics. One is it's perfect. So that's, that's, a, that's something strong. There's a perfect will of God. There's an acceptable will of God. That's the second characteristic. So the will of God can be perfect, it can be acceptable, and it can be good. That's the third, right? So I don't know about you, but I, I'm like, Lord, if, uh, if you're telling me that there is a will of God that, there, that is perfect, good, and acceptable, you're actually also telling me that there is a will of God that, that is not perfect, good, and acceptable. And that's good. It's okay. But I want to make sure that I'm living the perfect, acceptable, and good will of God. Does that make sense? So, Lord, I really want to live this thing out. So what God is saying is, hey, if you want to live this thing out, to really experience it, to prove it, to Gnoskis, you need to have your mind renewed. All right? So transformation. So let me say something. Uh, uh, when you get saved, your new birth, the Holy Spirit, and we don't have enough, I mean, much time to go. I would really go into deep into this. You go through a process of regeneration. So 
You're made up. If so, okay, so I'm backpedal. If you're writing this, uh, taking notes, take this note. We are made up of three parts. Body, you touch your body. Your soul and your spirit. Okay? Now, we have an easy time understanding what our body is because we can touch it, we can see it, we can feel it. We have an easier time also understanding our spirit because what just happened here was an experience a spiritual experience and it connected our spirits to the spirit of God and the spirit of God poured love into our spirits and we experienced power in our spirits and our faith is rising within our spirit does that make sense now what is a soul we have a rough time trying to understand what is soul we kind of have an idea but we really don't really 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 know what's the soul so I'm gonna make it easy for you three things comprise your soul your thoughts your feelings, and your desire, right? So your mind is your soul, your emotions are part of your soul, and your will, that's part of your soul. So what is Paul saying here? He's saying, listen, when you said yes to Jesus, when you embraced the grace of Christ for salvation, something happened, into your, something happened in your spirit. That's awesome. So we're not saved by works. We're saved by grace. Remember that? So, so if you have faith, you believe, you confess, what happens? There's a regeneration happening in your spirit. You don't sense Jesus coming into your body. You don't sense Jesus coming into your soul. The Holy Spirit came into your spirit. Now, what Paul said is, listen, your spirit is now a new spirit. You have a new DNA. That's why you have a new birth. Does that make sense? The problem is not your spirit. Paul is saying here in Romans 12, 2 says, if you want to be transformed, he's not saying if you want to be saved. If you want to be saved, just believe in Jesus and the Holy Spirit will come and make living, uh, will inhabit your spirit. But if you want to be transformed, there's nothing you can improve of what God did on the cross. You can't improve the cross. It's done. It's perfect. It's in your spirit. Transformation happens when you renew your soul, your mind. Remember, your, your soul is comprised of three things, your mind, your emotions, and your will. So what Paul is saying, listen, there's something incredible happening, or there's something that's awesome and incredible that just happened in your spirit. But there's stuff that needs to be worked on in your soul. In order for you to experience gnoskis, the perfect, the acceptable, the good will of God in your life, you're going to have to bring your soul in synchrony with your spirit. Does that make sense? That's why there are certain truths that are actually established in your spirit, but your mind doesn't believe it. That's why you are a forgiven son, justified saint, but sometimes you don't think like one. That's why you're a son, totally acceptable by God, but sometimes you feel like you're an orphan. Does that make sense? That's why you're totally forgiven, but sometimes you're caught up in guilt. What's happening here? He said, I have, you've gone through a process of regeneration, new birth in your spirit, but in order for you to live out completely 
the will and acceptable will, uh, perfect will of God that's in your spirit, you will have to engage in a process of metanoia, of renewing of your mind. So uh, let me just say this. If you're writing about metanoia, and you should, there's two sides to metanoia. There's two sides to repentance. There's repentance as an event. What's repentance as an event? Repentance as an event is when in one moment you think differently. You were taught to think if you're good, you'll go to heaven. If you're bad, you'll burn in hell. But then you start thinking differently. No, no, no. It's not about my good works. I could be as good as Mother Teresa, but I still need the grace of Christ. Right? So the moment you realize that, that's an event. You've repented. You, you repent unto salvation. Does that make sense? Now, you keep repenting every single day. All right, so you repent once for salvation, yet you'll repent the rest of your life to live the kingdom of God on earth. Because you've got to always keep changing your mind, changing your mind, changing your mind. So my, the, my problem is not my spirit. My problem is my mind. Lord, I want to think with the mind of Christ that I have. Lord said, we got the mind of Christ already, but we need to think according to the mind of Christ. So I got to ask the Lord, what does the word says about me? I want to align my thoughts and my patterns according to the word. Does that make sense? So let me, so let me say uh, uh, part of how I was raised up and my upbringing was, totally, uh, was definitely not perfect. Uh, went through some stuff when I was a kid, but the Lord also uh, brought a lot of redemption. And one of the ways the Lord brought redemption to to how I was raised up was the amazing mom that he gave me. And one of the things my mom gave, gave me and taught me was every day when I went to school, before I left the car to run to school, this is like since I was five, I would hear her say certain things. One, she would say, God loves you unconditionally. Two, she would say, I love you unconditionally. Three, she would say, you are a leader and there's nothing you can do about it. And four, she says, you will change the world. Now go to school. So if you hear that every single day of your life, you really believe you can change the world. Does that make sense? Now, what would it look like for you to hear from the word and from God during your quiet time, which doesn't necessarily have to be quiet. It could be loud like this. Right? So if you're spending time with God and the Lord says, I love you unconditionally. You are a son. You're a king. You're a priest. You're going to change the world. I'm called you for revival. You're going to bring reformation. People, you're the hope of the world. Does that make sense? You keep hearing that constantly. Something has happened already in your spirit, but a lot of times our mind needs to come in synchrony with our spirit. So let me put it this way. Uh, another way of, uh, to illustrate this is your spirit is going 200 miles an hour. The moment you said yes to Jesus, he puts it in motion. You're going 200 miles an hour in your spirit. But your soul is thinking 20 miles an hour. How are they going to walk together? It's a conflict, don't you agree? Inside one person, your spirit going 200 miles an hour, your mind going 20 miles an hour, it's a conflict. So people say, tell, how can I experience the supernatural? It's very simple. Just renew your mind so it'll be more and more compatible to what's happened in your spirit. Because your spirit is supernatural already. Your spirit is supernatural. The same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead abides in you. It's not a small Holy Spirit, a junior Holy Spirit. It's the same Holy Spirit. So everything the world needs 
for you to go into revival and reformation is actually in your spirit. The problem is we need to change the way we think so that we could actually release it and put it out there. Does that make sense? So if you think that God's not going to use you, you're not going to step out there in faith. If you, feel, if you think that, uh, God, I feel totally inadequate in this situation. I don't feel like I'm, I'm actually gifted enough. I don't, I don't think that I actually have something to say. If you think that way, look, listen, I said feel. I said think. I, I'm, I, don't, I, I don't have the will to actually risk it out there because I'm insecure. I'm talking about your, your desires. I'm talking about the soul right now. If your soul is not compatible to the truth of what, what you're carrying in the spirit, you're not going to experience the supernatural. So I'm telling you, how do you experience a culture of supernatural? This constantly. Understand this. Some of you said, oh, I walked into the tent and I sensed something differently. How many of you, when you walked this morning into the tent, you sensed something differently? Raise your hand if you sensed that something. Something is different. Okay, some of you did. All right. When I was leaving the house... Enrique told me, something supernatural is going to happen today. I just woke up feeling that. And that's awesome. But tell you what, there's going to be some times in your life, you're going to walk into a place, you're not going to feel anything. But you're not led by feelings. You're led by faith. Right? What do you have faith in? You have faith in what you carry inside. It's a done deal. So I walk into a place, and I know it's going to happen. I don't feel it a lot of times, but it's going to happen. Why? Because I've, I'm actually saying, Lord, I want to renew my mind. I want to renew my mind so that my mind thinks according to what's happening in my spirit. Does that make sense? So you will go into places in your outreach that you're not going to feel anything. Actually, you're going to might even feel a little bit of oppression. Oh, Lord, these places, they, they, they've done so many occultish things and, and there's uh, demonic things happening. Whatever. What you carry inside of you is greater than what's outside in the world. Does that make sense? So you just renew your mind to think that way. You carry the power that can actually change the world. So if you can actually just force yourself and just get in the word every single day to remind you of who you are, of your new birth, of your new identity as a son, as a king, as a priest. Does that make sense? You would actually start act, acting out in the truth of what you carry in your spirit. So I'm talking about how do you live out this, the supernatural? How do you start being used by God to actually heal the sick, to actually see miracles, to actually see supernatural provision? It's, Lord, I know what I carry in my spirit. I'm going to think accordingly to that. What, hap excuse me, what helps me think accordingly with that is when I get in the Word. And I ask, Lord, what does your truth say that I am? If your Word says I'm forgiven, I might not feel forgiven, but I don't care. It's not about what I feel. It's about what your Word says. So I tell myself, I reject that feeling in Jesus' name. I'm going to take up on the forgiveness of Christ. And it's a process. And sometimes it's laborious. But that's what we call renewing of the mind. That's what we call repentance. So every day you go through repentance so that you can experience the kingdom of God on earth. Does that make sense? We won't experience the kingdom of God fully until we go into glory. But we can experience it partially here on earth. So let me just say this. Christianity, Christianity is more than just being a good citizen. Let me, let me say this. Christ did not die on the cross so you could be a good citizen. You don't have to be a Christian to be a good citizen. You can be a Buddhist and be a good citizen. 
A lot of people think, oh, well, I want to be a good Christian. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to steal you. And you shouldn't do any of that. But if your Christianity is just good citizenship, you don't know nothing about Christianity. Christianity has to be more than just good citizenship. If your Christianity does not touch the supernatural, you're just living good citizenship. Does that make sense? Oh, you're just like a good... I know good Muslims that are good citizens. So, Lord, I want, so how, do, how should we look at our, our Christianity is, Lord, you've done something supernatural in my spirit. I want to renew my mind to the point where this that is supernatural in my spirit... I can live out naturally in my day-to-day to the point where it becomes culture, to the point where I actually live bringing heaven on earth. But you won't if you don't have a hunger for the impossible. How do you measure your Christianity? You should measure your Christianity not only on am I keeping the Ten Commandments. I mean, that's basic, and that's awesome, and we should be faithful with that, and, and we shouldn't put that aside. And unfortunately, there's too many Christians that are too, too, you know, too concerned about the supernatural. They put that aside. But listen, we're not, we, wanna, we, we really want to say, Lord, I want to I do have the character of Christ, but then I also have the works of Christ. Does that make sense? So I don't know where there, there came this fallacy of like, oh, the character of Christ is more important than the works of Christ. I, I don't find a Bible verse for that. I don't find a Bible verse that says the works of Christ are more important than the, the character of Christ. All I find is the Bible telling me you have to have the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5.22, and you need to have the gifts of the Spirit, 1 Corinthians 12, 40, 11. Does that make sense? So I just want to stir something in you. Have hunger for both. Man, I want to look like Christ. I want to, I want to think like Christ. I want to love like Christ, but I want to heal like Christ. I want to deliver like Christ. I want to change the world like Christ. I want to preach like Christ. Does that make sense? If you're going to be like Jesus, be like Jesus all, all around. Not just, oh, I just want to love and be. Do that and heal the sick. Amen? Okay, so have hunger for the impossible. So, now, another thing that's very, very important for you to put this thing down is, Everything you need, God's going to provide for you. I need food. God's going to provide food. I need health. God's going to give you health. I need sleep. He'll give you a place to sleep. Now, if you, but if you want to change the world, you're going to have to have an anointing that will change the world. And that, Lord says, you go after that. I have, I have paid the price for everything you need. But for whatever you want, you'll have to pay a price. So how hungry are you? Does that make sense? How hungry are you? Lord's given us permission to dream. How big is your dream? How deep is your vision? Lord's given us permission to be hungry. And he's telling us, everything you need, I'll provide. But whatever you need or you want, excuse me, whatever you want, just go after. So people have asked me, T, how do I go after anointing? How do I get anointing? And I know I'm going all over the place, but just write something down. Something's going to be good. And you take it home with you. All right? How do you get anointing? Primarily two ways. Primarily two ways. Why? So, so, so first, first way to get anointing. Prayer and fasting. I want anointing. If you look through the Bible, everybody that wanted anointing to break the yoke went into seasons of prayer and fasting. Esther went through prayer and fasting. Daniel went through prayer and fasting. Jesus prayed and fasted. Does that make sense? So I want, I want to increase my, I want more anointing. All right. Go into prayer 
and go into fasting, consecration. That's another way of putting it. Number two way to get anointing, by association. Hang out with anointed people. It's mirrors on you. Does that make sense? We call that impartation. And so you see that with Paul laying hands on Timothy, saying, the gifts that, I've, that, that we've, we've imparted to you by the laying on of hands. So there's impartation. All through the book of Acts, you'll see impartation happening. So, Lord, I really want to change the world. The Lord says, well, I've provided for everything you need. Now, if you want that, go into prayer and fasting. Go after the anointing. Go after impartation. Does that make sense? So I, I, I want to create a, a supernatural culture. So one of the ways is, man, you got to be committed to renewing your mind constantly. Renew your mind constantly. Now, one other thing, too, and, uh, is really create an, an, an environment of celebration. So as you're going on outreach with your team, don't, don't minimize what God's doing. Celebrate everything. He healed the headache. Celebrate it. He healed cancer. Celebrate it. He provided for $10. Celebrate it. He provided for $10 million. Celebrate it. Does that make sense? Why is that? Because that creates momentum. That creates, that creates a platform for you to give glory to God. I mean, why would God release his supernatural through you if he's not going to get the glory? So make sure you give out, the, you know, you tell the testimonies. Make sure you're blasting it over your text messages and your group texts. Listen, this is what God's been doing. Put it on your Instagram. Just don't, I mean, if you're going to have social, uh, you know, social media accounts, make sure you use it to glorify God as well. Like, look, this is what God's doing. Post it up there. Does that make sense? Celebrate that. And also, another thing is, the more you celebrate it, it's like it, you're, you're telling the testimony of Jesus did that stirs up in other people the, the spirit of prophecy. And they're like, man, if the Lord did it for him, the Lord can do it for me. Does that make sense? So that's another reason or that's another way that you can really live out, uh, live out your, uh, uh, um, the supernatural. Another one, too, is you got, you, got, you, got, you got to be committed to risking, stepping out in faith. So how do you spell faith? How do you spell faith? You're like, oh, F-A-I-T-H. No, no, no. You spell faith, R-I-S-K. Okay? R-I-S-K, risk. There is no faith without risk. So, oh, man, I want to I pray. I want to see the sick healed. How, how desperate are you to risk yourself out there, to step out there, to see yourself walk on water? Does that make sense? So let me just tell you a quick testimony. So I remember one time I was in a healing crusade and I was uh, translated for Randy Clark and we were seeing a bunch of people getting healed and uh, we were like in the middle of like nowhere in Brazil and uh, it's a city, a smaller town and but they, I mean there was like maybe 10 to 15,000 people showed up for this healing meeting and we were seeing crazy miracles and we were going to be there for four nights in a row. So the first two nights were amazing, right? And I mean these guys were coming uh, they're bringing people that needed miracles and it was so many people that needed prayer I remember the second night I was I was with Randy and Randy said T we're not going to finish uh, praying for the sick here uh, I mean in until, before 4, 4 a.m. So he's like I want to get to the hotel so he said why don't you pick up uh, part of this line of my line 
And we had a big team. We had maybe 40 people in the team. But he says, his line was the longest. Everybody wanted to get prayer from Randy. So he said, why don't you get half of my line and pray for them, and I'll get half, and that way we'll go through these people real quick, and we'll get back to the hotel and get some rest because we got a meeting tomorrow. So that night, it was the first time I really saw the Lord use me in a powerful way for healing. Like people were getting healed like left and right. You could barely even finish the prayer. They were healed already. It was like uh, blind being healed, the, the deaf be, uh, that were being healed, the mute were being healed, lame walking people with cancer, tumors disappearing, like crazy stuff, right? It's not like your typical headache, which is awesome, but I'm saying it was like some, some things that in our human mind would consider harder for God, and God was doing it. It was so cool, and I went back to the hotel, and I was celebrating. I had one of my closest buddies was actually the worship leader for this crusade, and I was like, man, this is awesome, and I'm celebrating. The next day comes, and man, I'm praying for people, and nobody's getting healed. I'm looking to my left, to my right. People are praying. People are getting healed. I'm praying for people. Nobody is getting healed the whole night. I don't think anybody got healed when I prayed for them. I was so depressed. I walked out of the meeting, and we had this bus that would take us to back to the hotel. I sat in this bus, and Randy said, how was your night? I said, it was horrible. I said, nobody got healed. It's like, why, are you, why are, you, are, you, are you upset? I'm like, I'm a little sad. I'm like a little depressed. Nobody got healed. And this is what he told me. He says, you don't need to be upset, or you don't, you don't need to be sad. I'm like, but nobody got healed. He said, you know why? You know why you don't need to be sad? The same root of sadness that comes when you pray over somebody and they don't get healed. The same root of frustration when you prayed for somebody and they don't get healed is the same root that if they gotten healed, you would have been arrogant. Because it's a self-sufficient root. So if you're humble, you pray for people, they don't get healed, you don't care. If you're Listen, it's a win-win situation. You pray for people, they don't get healed, it makes you more humble. You pray for people, they get healed. God gets the glory. Win-win. So risk it. Does that make sense? Step out there and risk it. Let me say this. You will pray for people and they will not get healed. So what? That's up to God. He's sovereign. He's just asked you to pray for people. Pray for the sick. Be obedient with, that, with what he's asked you to do. Does that make sense? So during outreach, you'll face certain situations and just celebrate risk. Listen, God is not up there worried that, oh, my God, he did not heal that sick person. Bro, believe me, he's got it. He's not worried. He's okay. He's happy that you risked it. He's celebrating the fact, the fact that you actually stepped out your boat. He's not saying, son, I'm going to love you more if you heal that person. It's like, son, I'm just so happy that you're actually taking me on my word and you're just risking it. Does that make sense? So how do we celebrate, how do we create the supernatural environment? One, if you're taking notes, I'm going to sum it up right now. One is renew your mind. Have an appetite for the impossible. Don't just live good citizenship Christianity. Measure your Christianity by how much you're invading the impossible realm. Measure your Christianity by how much heaven is invading your, your, your earthly realm. Does that make sense? So that's one. Number two is... The way that you actually live out and build a culture of supernatural is you're going to celebrate risk. Celebrate risk. Celebrate risk. It's not a, as much as how many breakthroughs, as much as how many times did I step out and risk. 
that's number two number three is go after the anointing everything you need God's got it what you want you'll go after it so father I want to consecrate myself I want to go into seasons of prayer and fasting and Lord I want to hang out anointed people I believe in impartation father I'm, I'm hungry for the anointing right so that's number three and number four testimonies testimony the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy does that make sense okay cool now stand up I'll pray for you and we're done actually sit down real quick I got five minutes I think right I want to open for three four five questions real quick anybody's got questions I just realized I had a little bit more time anybody has questions comments feedback I know it was an intense morning today all right sorry yeah what does that mean to go after the anointing um just go after god i want the anointing to break the yoke i want the anointing to see your supernatural and the anointing is is really the virtue of god over you it's like a grace over you that that it's like like i said everything that you need from god he's going to provide but what you want you're going to have to go after there's different types of anointing there's people that are carrying more anointing than others. People that are carrying less anointing than others. Depending on what you want, there's a specific anointing. An anointing to reach a town is different than an anointing to reach a nation. So what do you want? That's what I'm saying. If you want, like, Lord, I'm believing for this section of my city. I want the anointing to actually reach this section of my city. Does that make sense? If you're saying, I want the anointing to reach the state, this whole state, you're asking God, I need more anointing. So depends on what's your desire. He gives room for what we want and for how hungry we are. That's exactly. All right. Anybody else? All right, Connor. Practical steps to renew your mind. Awesome. Good thing you asked. All right. So one time I was going through this process of identity. And I thought, man, I've been walking with Jesus for maybe like 13, 14 years straight. I thought I've been in ministry already. And I thought, man, I know this identity thing so down packed. And I started having this attacks on my mind about my identity. I felt like I wasn't forgiven. I felt like I wasn't good enough. I felt like, man, you don't have enough. Uh, your calling isn't big. I started feeling insecure around people that were doing amazing things. And so I started understanding that was like a lie from the enemy. So I went into the word. And I, and I started reading identity declarations, you know. Um, and let me see if I can have, I, I think I have them here on my phone. But um, I started going through the word and getting these uh, uh, things like, I am the salt of the earth. I am, uh, I am the, the light of the world. And I, am, I am the salt of the earth. I am in Christ and he is in me. I am loved by Jesus. So I started writing all these things down in post-its, you know, like post-its. And I put them into my bathroom. I put it in my car. I put it in my kitchen. I put them all over my room. Uh, I had it even in, in my microwave. Every, every time I was going to heat a meal, I would see that. And every time I saw that, I would declare that. And I would just like declare like three times. So I would say, I am in Christ and he is in me. I am in Christ and he is in me. Lord, help me get this revelation that I'm in Christ and that you are in me. And I would just say love there for like 10 seconds. That would just help renew my mind. It's an exercise, just like working out. So if you do enough bicep movements, your biceps grow. 
same thing if you do that enough you start thinking differently does that answer you okay i got like identity de declaration if you need that i'll text that to you or i'll text that to uh jeff and jeff can get it out to you awesome what else guys anybody else yeah you Did I say that? Ah, okay, 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 okay. So basically, uh, in the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy would be the components of the prophetic word are within the telling of the testimony of Jesus. So for instance, if I'm a, let's say, a, um, uh, let's say if, I, if I'm waiting for a, a supernatural financial provision, and I'm going on outreach to Nepal, right? And I'm telling people, listen, God provided uh, money for my air ticket. I want to give this testimony. As I'm saying that testimony, there's a spirit inside that testimony, spiritual components that are prophetic, that if you catch it, it'll be like a prophetic word for you. Saying, Lord, you did it for him, you can do it for me. Does that make sense? Okay. Like I said, not most of the things in the kingdom... I wouldn't say most. I would say a lot. A lot of the things in the kingdom, they're not taught. They're just caught. All right? Cool. Anybody else? Anybody else? You guys, no more questions? I thought Q&A was your love language, guys. Come on. That's what Andy told me. All right. Let's stand up. We'll pray, and we'll get, get you guys to lunch. I know it was like a super intense morning. So before I pray, I just want to encourage you, before you come back to class tomorrow, if you just take some time and process this with somebody, just, you know, talk to somebody and say, like, listen, I just want to share over lunch, over dinner, over breakfast, whatever, to sit with somebody and say, listen, I want to share with you what God's been telling me. Uh, it was crazy what happened. There's, there's stuff that happened this morning that you, you don't understand. You'll have a little bit more clarity tomorrow when you wake up, and that's fine. Don't be in a rush. All right, there's something super intense that happened in a lot of y'all's heart. Just, just calm down. Just like, Lord, just dwell in his presence. He's going he's gonna to unpack that to you. Does that make sense? So just raise your hands all over this tent. Lord, thank you for every single young man, young lady out here, Lord, that's just hungry for more of you. I just ask, Holy Spirit, that you would continue what you've started. Your word says, Father, that you will finish what you've started so we ask right now that you would continue to unpack this uh everything that you gave us that you downloaded to us how you touched us thank you for all the truths for the for the moments in your presence i pray father god would you continue to to fan this flame in our hearts we want to keep uh, father just keep more more and more passionate towards you father so i pray increase faith for outreach as well we believe in for supernatural provisions and we declare you a good god in jesus name amen thanks guys amen.